Hello and welcome to Las Blancas podcast. I'm your host Yash Thakur and today I'm joined by Kanita to discuss Real Madrid's game against Sporting Huelva in Liga F. Uh, so yeah, this game comes on the back of uh, an international break where we have had like multiple players playing significant minutes with their national teams and this is if if you don't remember this game last season we lost away to Sporting Huelva 3-1 where Ana Marcos scored a hat-trick and Savava received a red card so yeah i mean performance today as well as we'll break down in this podcast wasn't uh, the greatest performance as is usually the case after uh, international breaks one can expect that probably uh, but we walked away with a win uh, not the most convincing performance but we'll take the win and three points so based on that how are you doing kanita yeah so <laughs> as you said um yeah, it's a bit tricky because uh, always after the international break, the teams the kind of teams disrupted, you know, and we see them literally forgetting how to pass to each other, like forgetting some uh, tactics and, you know, how to connect. So I, I guess I feel um, disconnected just like our team does um, after the international break. Yeah, so like the performance as as we have already forecasted that it's not, uh, it wasn't the best performance. It was pretty poor from start to finish. There were moments, but uh, let's get into it and let's start by looking at the lineups first. So Real Madrid lined up in a 4-2-3-1 that was sort of operating like a 4-1-4-1, but we'll get into that. So the lineup was Melin in goal, Kenti at right back. Sousa, Ivana, Savava at left-back, Zorno Santoletti in midfield, and then Athenea, Ware and Olga uh, as the line of three, and it was led by Naikari up front. So, I think the biggest thing here was, like, we, we could have expected some rotation. Like, that was, that was expected because it's not just players are coming back from an international break but also we have a big game coming up against Chelsea in midweek so that is what we have to look forward to because it's going to be pivotal moving forwards for us as well uh, in, in the Champions League group it's an important game it's a big game so it was expected that some of the players will be uh, rested uh, so maybe like uh, Teresa didn't start so maybe she is being saved up for that game rocio as well probably given her performances in the past weeks maybe she is also being rested for the chelsea game will probably need her uh, ivana was back in the lineup because of that uh, kenti again starting after some like really poor performances which we have broken down uh, before as well we have discussed that she hasn't been up to the mark so lucia being rested is probably uh, a sign of that as well uh, and apart from that, I think this no other positions uh, were like debatable. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I wasn't too uh, upset about the lineup. Like the lineup seemed okay to me. We had enough to go and to go for the win. And slight rotations were to be expected given 
the circumstances around the game so yeah what did you think about the lineups yeah so the yeah the first thing you actually noticed in the lineup is uh, Meline on the goal uh you know i was like oh great been starting and i think she deserves it anyway yeah so didn't really find it uh, you know thing to focus on because Melina is good and I trust her and uh, later on we'll talk about right uh, but then <laughs> I think that uh, lately our main subject has been, been our defense uh, yeah so you said that hey, uh, the team did rotate a bit anyway and the defense wasn't really um, the combination we're used to this season, especially like with uh, Kenti and Ivana together. Like, I think usually when we see those two, there is also Rocio, which, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so Sveva was expected, uh, that's nothing weird, but the other three was kind of interesting to me. And. I was actually also surprised negatively the the absence of Tere and Maite, like both of them. Uh, expected at least one of them there, but yeah, the the attack was pretty much expected, and yeah. Yeah, so like you mentioned, like we haven't had the consistency among our centre-back pairing because we have seen them being shifted a lot. Like we have seen Rocio and uh, Kathleen, which is probably turning out to be our go-to uh, centre-back pairing because uh, you have to think that the centre-back pairing that starts in your big games is probably the one that you trust the most. and it is increasingly looking like Rocio and uh, Kathleen at the moment. Uh, it's for another day to discuss whether what is our best centre-back pairing and how, uh, what are the pitfalls of the current one and stuff. But we'll not get into that in, in this one yet. Uh, but yeah, apart from that, I don't think you had any complaints either. Like it all made sense given, like we spoke about, given the circumstances that this fixture uh, comes in. But yeah, so let's get into the game. It wasn't the prettiest half, like let's put it that way. To be, uh, to be like kind enough to the to the half, it was it was a pretty terrible half. Like <laughs> I can't sugarcoat it now. It was a pretty terrible half. Uh, the way we were playing, like with Toletti and Zornosa in in the in the double pivot, I my initial expectations was that Zornosa is going to push higher up and Toletti will play as a deeper role but it was the reverse Toletti was pushing higher up and Zornosa was acting as the deepest midfielder that is completely fine completely okay I don't mind that Toletti can do both uh, so that was okay uh, so instead of like going in short by short because uh, while there were a couple of shots from us, I don't think the half uh, as an entire 
entirety was as eventful as you know maybe we would have expected or uh, maybe you expect this team to go out and play it, it wasn't like that uh, so uh, yeah I mean let's let's talk about the game plan I, I'll go into it and then hand it over to you about what you thought uh, so we were like initially uh, talking about our on-ball performances we were uh, building up whenever we were trying to build up from the back we were clearly using a 2 plus 1 or a 2-3 uh, structure at the back with both our center back split split wide and uh, Zornos are providing the midfield option in the center while both our uh, full backs are slightly pushed up higher to form the second line but uh, the way Sporting Huelva were set up in a, in a 4-4-2 they used one of their uh, front twos to mark out the deepest midfielder and as soon as there was a pass between the center backs they were trying to cut off the passing lane back to the center back and forcing us on one side and we have always like seen this that the way we play on the ball the way we try to progress the ball it, it's very simplistic it's it's just us trying to move the ball out wide and then look for a run into the channel maybe my by a midfielder maybe by our striker and that is the way we like to go about things it's very simplistic it's nothing complicated it's not like we are having a striker drop off and then we are having having our wide players come in or nothing so we don't do much uh, we don't do anything fancy to be fair in possession and that has been like a complaint of ours that we aren't possibly uh, use it, utilizing our squad to the best of their abilities because we have uh, very good in possession players and with with like a good structure and with like uh, good instructions we can make most uh, most of them and try to be as dominant as possible on on the ball and we haven't seen that and it was just the same uh, in this game as well the only way we were able to progress the ball was either via uh, a center back carrying the ball uh, by themselves to to the midfield and even after uh, they have done that when they reach the midfield there aren't many options to pass so it goes it, all the uh, possession just funnels out wide and then it's either a cross by Olga or or a run into the channel that Olga tries to find and we'll get into how this affects the left flank and how we were functioning on that uh, but this is the way we have like tried to play like our our progression completely falls down if there is like no uh, good run into the channel we just funnel it back and then try again from the other side it, it's it's just the same and uh, it hasn't proved proven as effective as like we could probably be I, I would say in in terms of uh, our progression play and that is very like disappointing it wasn't any different this game we will try to like just taking out the goal incident from the first half uh, talking about the whole half in general I don't think we uh, did that like uh, what one thing that we were trying to do actually was uh, to provide the bodies in between the lines uh, between the midfield and the defensive lines of, of Sporting Huelva which was good 
because like a, a four, their four four two was pretty compact between the defense and the midfield line. So you know need the, those sort of bodies in between to try to play through them. But at the end, we were unable to form any sort of short connections on, on the wide areas when whenever we were funneling our uh, possession out wide, and that really proved. Uh, to be detrimental to the way we played to the way we acted on the ball and it didn't really help us uh, in my opinion but yeah I mean the, I, I did not like what we were doing in possession and it it goes into by extension it goes into the fact that there were some really poor performances as well uh, from from the players so we'll get into that but first I'll hand it over to you to uh, take your thoughts about the first half and what what you thought worked and what you thought did not work I mean for me the first half was uh, definitely characterized by uh, primarily the miscommunication between Olga and Sveva and how they just don't understand each other and I don't think they ever did uh, but it just kept happening, like, um, in some instances, uh, Olga, uh, like, Sveva would just hand it over to Olga and try to make a run, but uh, then Olga didn't have that in mind, so she just passed it back and the ball would ed- end up in the out, and, you know, we would give the throw into Elva. Uh, and that happened a few instances. It happened in the beginning of the game, and it continued throughout the first half during uh, which Veva played. And I also noticed again uh, players being on the ball at the same time. Um, the most interesting moment was, I think, in minute three. As you can see, um, I think I don't know. The ball came from somewhere, and basically Sonosa was already uh, positioned there, but uh, Weir uh, was turning around. She didn't see Sonosa there, and she they practically uh, they practically touched the ball and um, you know kept it in the air still, and uh, it, it was very interesting to me because it was those two in that instance and we've never seen Sonosa and Weir in that kind of situation. I mean, we've seen a lot of our players colliding with with each other, but that that was for me very unusual. Um, And also uh, the the amount of of, uh, crosses that that were never going to work, like not just in the first half, but like generally in the whole game. Uh, I just don't understand that. Uh, like they, especially the crosses try they try to make to Naikari's heads when the goalkeeper was there and she's much much taller than her, and like with Atenea as well, they also tried to um, cross to Atenea's head once in the box. It was pretty funny to me, to be honest. And yeah, I don't really have much to say about the first half except for this. Yeah, just I'll hand it over to you. Yeah, so you have touched upon a couple of points that we uh, that we will expand upon and discuss. But first, let's talk about uh, the goal 
because that happened in the first half as well however uneventful or how even however uh, boring the first half was with all of its flawed uh, flaws the goal did come in the first half and uh, it came from it the move began with with olga trying to cross the ball uh, towards naikari it was a good ball uh, naikari didn't manage to get the first contact on, on it but she managed to retrieve the ball and then pass it back to athenea whose shot at goal was deflected and it went in now it was a very clear offside wasn't it um it was clear however when you kind of look at it it's less clear and i i, I just saw uh, to me it is offside like it is clear offside but i just some saw someone posting um like darkening the uh the field so that you can see those lines of the field and when you compare it to this um Welva player closer closest to Olga and her knee because it's the last point you look at and Naikari's foot I don't know it's really close like it is really close when you zoom it in like I'm looking at it right now and when I first saw the picture I I was looking at it and I thought like at the first instance it looked very obvious like that she was maybe meter or two offside it was so obvious however however the lines are not that obvious and uh i don't know at this point if it was offside i'm gonna be i'm gonna be completely honest i don't care because uh this <laughs> it's not just because it's naikari it's because this season the first match day uh against valencia i know we were called uh, offside like three times one ended up in the goal uh one would end up in a goal if you know the last shot was taken but it was a whistle before uh, because it was basically an open goal and so we were and they were wrongfully uh, called off offside so in my honest opinion i don't care <laughs> um the more i look at it the less it seems like offside uh i think we would need var for this at this point but again i don't care and i also want to add that um this whole whole thing started from ivana at the back so she made that uh very long pass to olga uh like from all the way back to all the way up front and then uh olga running a bit uh more with the ball and then making that cross so I think I think it was a pretty sweet action. Like it was um, some something that we've seen from this team that's most uh, that's working the best when we need a goal. Like I I always say like if we need a goal for the like uh, for maybe starting a remontada or just scoring the first goal, um, I always say we should start from um counter attack because somehow counter attacks work much much better than us just having the ball in possession and trying to get something out of it and nothing ever comes out of it but this wasn't a counter attack but it did come from all the way from behind and it was like done in what 
so Ivana, then to Olga, then uh, to Naikari, who doesn't catch it immediately, but has to run for it. So basically, it's like three passes, right? And until Atenea and the, uh, and her deflection of the well of a defender, like basically three passes through the entire field, and that's the most effective way for this team to score a goal because uh, this team is not very physical. You know, they just you just can't uh, expect people, you know, to run um, on all sides. Like you have to have some connection between the players. One player has to be, I don't know, uh, here and in the front, one on the on the left, and they can't really be running uh, from the other uh, from one side to the other. So I think um, Ivana starting here, like we all know that from our centre-backs that we have in the squad, she is our best passer and she continues to show that and she showed it today with this uh, exact action. And yeah, I just think that if we really want to score the first goal to open the score line, we should never try to do it with, you know, keeping the possession and try to make something out of it because it almost never, never, you know, happens. So, yeah. Yeah, so I think it was definitely offside, uh, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, I'll take it as well. I'm not going to sit here and say it was a morally or ethically wrong victory. I'll take it. I'll take the three points. It was a pretty frustrating game overall. So I'll I'll take whatever positives we have from the game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you also touched upon the point that Olga and Savava's partnership hasn't worked. And uh, we have discussed this before on this pod as well with Om uh, that the synergy bit on the left, left flank isn't just there. And it is down to a couple of reasons because... Olga and Savava have a very different tendencies. So, like, I, truth be told, I really like Olga in advanced position. But pairing her with Savava isn't the best because Savava's best, if you watch her at, uh, in Denmark where, where she is regularly picking up assists. Now, I do understand that international football and club football is two different ecosystems. You cannot compare them. Uh, but... The basic is uh, Savava likes the ball to be played to her in space, uh, in behind where from where she can like cross uh, the ball, and that is her strength. Like she she will she's excellent at getting those crosses in. Her delivery from those wide areas is really good. She add, she can add the flight to the ball. She can add the perfect amount of curl, and when given that sort of when played the ball in that sort of space she can even beat a marker uh, in in a 1v1 situation that is her strength she isn't really a player who will who will who can act as a progressive passer from deeper position she isn't the sort of player who will carry the ball over very long distances like olga does and that is where the problem lies like when we are trying to build uh, build up in the way that we do we actually want our fullbacks to be able to either like 
be a very good ball carrier or be a very good progressive passer from from the deep to be able to facilitate those sort of connections to be able to generate those sort of connections that will help us progress into the final third and that that is not exactly what Savava is about and when paired with Olga who likes to run with the ball who likes to like come inside uh, frequently and is left footed as well like it, it shouldn't be a problem on paper if you look because Olga likes to come uh, Olga likes to make inward runs from out wide whenever she's receiving the ball so on paper it should open up space for Savava to run into and receive the ball in space and then cross it it should but the way we set up on the build up with the midfielder and stuff we don't have enough cover or we don't provide enough sort of support for uh, Savava to do that and that sort of synergy between Olga and Savava hasn't really developed we have seen multiple exchanges where it's just sloppy passes between the two they are not on the same wavelength because in the end both of these players want to do a sort of similar thing where like Savava wants to run in behind uh, without the ball receive it and then cross Olga likes to run in behind with the ball and then try to cross so it, it it's it it comes down to the fact that both players have uh, very similar tendencies on the ball and that isn't really a good mixture when we are trying to build a sort of synchronized movements or we are trying to generate these uh, advantageous situations for us on the flank it doesn't really work that well and it has been very frustrating like throughout the time that we have tried this because it hasn't really worked out that well at any point of time and that has resulted in Olga being shifted back to the left back position and while she can do a very good job from that position I really think like her ceiling as an attacker is like higher but we don't have many options to pair her with at left back at the moment so we are like having to do with her by playing Olga at left back instead of higher up and I don't think that is like that is something we should be like moving forward with I can we do probably better in trying to provide a structure for Savava and Olga to thrive in the same system? Yes, we probably can. Just the same way as we can probably develop a better uh, better structure in possession to help us help our progression uh, of, of the possession into the attacking third. And we haven't done that. We don't have like a very good structure are like as as i mentioned before and i'm probably going to be repeating this again and again but our our way of progression is just like putting the ball out wide and seeing if there is a run into the channel then play the ball in behind like a hopeful ball if if the runner manages to get to it then they are again if, if the defender is good enough they are again like turned away from the goal and the position goes back again so it is not penetrative enough it is not incisive enough our passing hasn't been incising enough uh, incisive enough and the lack of supporting structure when the ball goes out wide is is pretty concerning for me because it it clearly shows a lack of uh, structure in position and our ideas are pretty limited we don't like as as i preface this as well we don't really try many fancy things 
बट आई डोंट नो लाइक द थिंग विद ओल्ड एंड सवाबा हेज बिन गोइंग ऑन फॉर अ वाइल एंड वी हैव लाइक टचड अपॉन दिस मल्टीपल टाइम्स ऑन दिस पॉड अगेन बट या वॉट डू यू थिंक इज नॉट वर्किंग फॉर देम और लाइक वॉट डू यू थिंक नीड्स टू बी चेंज फॉर द सवाबा एंड ओल्ड का पार्टनरशिप टू वर्क First of all, I'm going to be very very honest with you. Um I uh, I don't really, really. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, the thing is that Sveva has just started uh, going up like um getting included in the attack and actually start to to cross in Real Madrid like uh, since she came she uh, has been doing the crosses and you know basically her usual stuff in Denmark but uh with Real Madrid she did just uh, I don't know maybe she wasn't allowed to last season uh but uh since not since the season started she's now been allowed to go up and uh, she's been doing much much better this season we have seen a much better version of Sveva uh, like individually i mean um and i think i think this is kind of new for them um i don't know I, I i don't have much to say but maybe maybe it's the lack of um like maybe it's the language barrier between them maybe it's them just wanting the same thing and going for it maybe it's just this new dynamic with Sveva in the tag being new for Olga and yeah i don't know okay so that probably like that was the major talking point from the first half about the synergy between Sveva and Olga apart from that i think the first half there wasn't much there and uh, apart from like from my notes i think i have only one moment from in the 41th minute uh, in the 41st minute where weir takes a good turn and takes a shot and then it's all about how ineffective we were and how sporting welva found it very easy for uh, us to like restrict our play and progression because it doesn't take much to be fair so yeah that was it for the first half i think if you have anything to add now is the time about first half or else we'll move to the second half let's go on okay then <laughs> so moving on in- into the second half and sawaba is subbed off for moler because it wasn't really a very good performance and we were clearly seeing the lack of uh, understanding between the two and sawaba his like sawaba hasn't had the best of uh, times against sporting welva like subbed off in the first half today received a red card in the previous fixture so yeah i mean maybe she doesn't enjoy traveling to welva but yeah so this change in second half meant olga was back at left back and moler would be filling that left wing role up front and the second half well the initial few minutes at least it looked like this was like we obviously had no control before in the first half as well but it, the way second half began i think it 
it looked like this was going to get out of hands and we are going to get a back and forth uh, of a game uh, proper end to end uh, tussle between the two sides because in the 46th minute Olga plays a uh, like Olga makes the run in behind uh, and there was some nice synchronized movement between Moller dropping and Olga at the same time going in behind and receiving the ball she tries to cross the ball in but uh, it doesn't uh, reach the intended target to uh, Naikari and uh, then it just immediately after that Huelva get a very good uh, break and to be honest like it it was such a good break for Huelva uh, and in the 1v1 situation i was expecting them to score like i don't know how she uh, how she missed another uh, teresa it it was a very easy 1v1 but maybe there was pressure from toletti and olga that forced her to not have enough time and like that composure to finish but apart from uh, the the and this all happens just in the opening first one or two minutes and i was like okay maybe the second half is going to be a lot more uh, happening than the first half where we'll probably like we'll lose all control of the game but the game will be entertaining because it will be end to end didn't really pan out that way but uh, the opening few minutes were good what did you think of the change initially and what did you think of the opening 5 10 minutes of the of the second half yeah uh, so the change was well pretty much reasonable um i mean <laughs> spela was with the yellow card uh, anyway and we know what happened last time when she got it yellow in the first half against welva yeah uh but uh, like jokes aside mila for sveva i think uh, even later on it would turn out to be a good change because for me mila was really really sharp today and yeah so about those opening <laughs> minutes yeah so the first like the first two minutes were crazy um in the first minute we have and trying to cross to Naikari which ground cross which gets intercepted and we get a corner uh since i didn't know anything i don't think any anything interesting happened in that corner uh then the minute later um that this was this was huge uh, heart attack like um so welva basically um number 8 i not know the name i'm sorry uh she started running from the center of the field she got the ball right there on the halfway line she ran to our box uh our defense was like she they couldn't catch her and she made it made it all the way to our box with the line one one versus one and uh Melin didn't even make save I think I didn't yeah she didn't touch it uh so basically it was a miss uh it was basically an open goal if Melin wasn't going to get it if it, it would be a goal and it was a miss and it was huge huge stress so that happened in the second minute 
and then a minute later, so yeah, this, this was a very eventful first five minutes. So a minute later, uh, this is the first time uh, and only, I think, that I saw in the game Naikari pressing, which is weird from her not to press. Uh, so she press, go, went to press the goalkeeper and uh, basically the goalkeeper again uh, makes an illogical pass. And uh, it opens up for Atenea to intercept it. So Atenea gets it. Uh, then she passes to Weir. Uh, and so at that point, um, Atenea, Weir, and Naikari are in that kind of uh, narrow triangle just outside of the box. And so the ball came to Weir, and she wanted to pass to Naikari, but I think that short pass that she intended was too slow or something basically very uh, easy for defender to um, intercept it uh, but yeah it was uh, started off really exciting but ended up as nothing uh, and then like yeah so in the 50th minute Paletti actually had the handball the, she gave a free kick I think at maybe maybe once on one third of our goal maybe uh, uh so yeah they take the free kick from there the free kick is beautifully done onto a player's head and it gets um and it goes on target it's uh, Melin catches it so i mean that's like four events that i know in five minutes so uh, definitely a eventful first uh, second Part of the second half, and I thought immediately, oh, why is this uh, beginning of the second half much more interesting than the entire 45 minutes that I watched previously? And then I started to get frustrated because, you know, it's five minutes being more eventful than first 45, but then I realized eh, I'm used to it. So. Yeah, so like like we said it was pretty eventful start like it was pretty chaotic as well because it it started to get end to end and when things start to get end to end i don't like it because we as as a team should be trying to like stamp our impression on the game like control the proceedings because we have the players we have the quality and that is the hallmark of of good teams they don't just know how to score goals but they know how to kill the momentum of the opposition and the don't let the game slip out of their control and they are in control even with and without the ball and that is what we have to aspire to be that is what our ambition should be as a team moving forwards because we do have the quality on the ball to be able to like absolutely kill the opposition with the ball and with with certain ideas with a proper structure we probably have players to execute it to be able to control games even without the ball so yeah i mean i don't like when games start to get end to end even though it's entertaining to watch as a neutral but as a fan of of the of the club i want more control because that is what will help us take the next step but uh moving on in the 54th minute there was a double substitution with Toletti and Naikari coming off for Feller and Freya. 
Now, before discussing the game further, I think we should touch upon the performance by Toletti. Uh, Toletti, since her injury, uh, since she has returned from injury, hasn't been as impressive as uh, one would have, one would expect her to be, because she is a pivotal part in whatever we try to do whether it's her on-ball qualities to provide support to provide the run in the channels or it's her off-ball ability to like cover the space uh, like use her engine to like cover the ground and come back uh, to defend as well uh, so that was like very we haven't been able to see that as much after she has uh, since she has returned from her injury and i initially i shrugged it off as maybe like she isn't completely fit and now it has been like a two three four games now including the national team as well and we need the old toiletty back that is what i would say because uh, like in the previous pods i have been very i have been a vocal advocate about our best midfield three probably being Teresa, Toletti and Weir because it offers us a very good balance of, of profiles because Teresa can play the deeper role, Toletti can provide support wherever necessary. She's she's excellent in possession and off the ball she provides a very good work rate and is very good defensively in 1v1 situations as well. And Weir provides us just the perfect attacking uh, impetus that we need to like create something out of nothing. Uh, so that midfield on paper seemed really balanced and with Toiletti's downturn in performances in the recent games I, I'm still I still think that like she will get back to her usual best she is slightly rusty I, I feel like because in today's performance if, if you noticed initially when Zornosa was operating as the deepest midfielders Toiletti was being asked to operate in between the lines like that was her primary role along with where where was operating uh where was floating uh in between the lines and so was toletti but there weren't many small connections to be made in the in the final third and that was the problem apart from that like toletti was covering at the back she was providing defensive support if necessary but I think her like best role instead of playing as a very advanced interior is obviously playing as a proper box to box midfielder. That is where like she is able to showcase her all round skill set very well. And I think that is what we should be using her as. But so far, like in, in the last few games, it's it's not going. I, th I don't think it's a stretch to say that Toletti hasn't uh, been as good as she could be. Now it may be due to her still not being at a 100% or being slightly rusty coming back from the injury or it could be other issues that have to do more with the tactics and what is being asked of her. We probably can't answer that very clearly uh, because we don't know what, what she is being asked to do on the field. But from what we can see, what we can perceive, I think like it's it's a part of both it's a mix of both where she is also rusty but the instructions and the roles that she is being deployed in it are probably not the best because you want toiletti like toiletti was dropping deeper as well like this is not to say like you want toiletti deeper and she wasn't doing that she was offering for the ball uh coming deep uh she isn't the most like 
comfortable operating as the line break i won't say uh, as the line breaker but in between the lines where she has to like receive and turn she isn't like she is comfortable but she isn't like that isn't her game she would rather do uh, she would rather be the box to box midfielder with the engine that she has and do all bits and do bits when facing the back line not with the back line on her uh, back so yeah i mean those are the things that i think we need to be address probably uh that was for tolity and i think like uh, naikari substitution i don't know i would have probably like let naikari continue because i mean her sub she seemed pretty frustrated that she was off because it wasn't that naikari played bad she just didn't have much service in the first half i feel like because we didn't create much like that is the bottom line we did not create much in the first half to like facilitate naikari to get on the chances the couple of chances that we managed to create she just missed it by a whisker and even in the second half uh, when it began we have discussed the chance from olga's cross from the left she she just missed it by a whisker and that was the story of her entire game i think we weren't able to like generate very high quality chances for her a and the chances that we did manage to generate she just missed it uh, by a very small margin so yeah i mean what what did you think about naikari and tolity's performance uh, as a whole in, in the first half yeah i mean Hmm. Uh, I didn't complain to either of them being subbed off. I don't know. I just didn't notice. Um, I didn't notice that Toletti was giving her a uh, thing, you know, what she she usually does. And as you said, we really, really need her back for that because. The the whole you know, just midfield the entire team was just disconnected and um, I think her being a bit a little bit in, more in her element that it would have helped for sure. Uh, I don't I didn't really uh, see her doing some important things in the first half or being a present in the in anything like in the gameplay and kind of same goes with Naikari as you said um I mean she could have stayed on as well uh she did seem frustrated a bit um maybe that was it I don't know but yeah it, it was just the whole game um missing that ball to just to get to the ball for like a few centimeters and it, it just the whole the the whole game was that uh, was like that, and I think the te- the team uh, learned from uh, trying to cross to her head like five times when she was near the goalkeeper because goalkeeper is much uh, taller than her and she can jump w- and catch it with her. Uh, so obviously it's much easier to just uh, catch it for the goalkeeper than for Naikari to jump and uh, get it with her head. Uh, but I think that later on the team realized that and just started doing ground crosses uh, like there was few later crosses so perhaps that also uh, helped the team um, you know see that it's not quite working um, and 
Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I don't... I don't really complain about either of those subs, and I think that the subs that came on, so... Uh, made a difference, like, in positive, uh, like, freshened up the whole game, like, you know, legs, as uh, Ancelotti would say. Um, so yeah, I think we should move on to the rest of the game with the these subs on. Yeah, so having discussed that, I think one of the major changes that we saw after Feller came on was what I was expecting with Feller coming on was probably Moller acting as as the striker, but I think Toril really likes Moller out wide. Although I, I still of, am of the opinion that Moller's best comes alongside a striker in a central role, but that is for another day. So Feller was operating as the number nine, Moller was on the left and Athena as usual on the right, with Weir in, in the number 10 role. And now Freya uh, was uh, acting as the deepest midfielder and Zornosa had the freedom to like move up and do her bits. But now after this sub talking about what happened in our possession structure, we, we were still doing the same bits, but our possession played through the middle suffered again. Like we were slightly better with Zornosa deeper than we were with uh, Freya, but that's that's one thing. What I want to like talk about uh, the most is how like Feller performed uh, because she she I think she had a very good game uh, after coming on. But before that, let's quickly run through the sort of chances that we had uh, in in the in the second half. So like there were. Uh, many speculative efforts i would say because we were shooting from range but some of them were on target and did manage to test the keeper so in the in the 69th minute uh, there was a switch by zornosa uh, towards athenea and then athenea played a very good cross towards the far post for uh, feller feller didn't manage to turn it goalwards but that was a very big opportunity for for us then uh, pretty pretty soon in the in the 70th minute we have uh, a speculative effort from uh, sporting velva like from outside the box it was it was a long ball that was played down laid off and then it was uh, just taken a shot and i think like it it looped over Melin managed to get a hand on it. It struck the post, and then Lopez managed to get get it on goal. And uh, Melin was quick to react and just save it uh, because that was a big opportunity for them. Then very soon uh, after, uh, just a minute later, like I think in the second half, it was like when when the second half began, there were like five minutes very chaotic, a lot of chances. Then nothing happens. Then uh, uh, about the 70, 70 minute mark, there's like multiple chances on both the ends and uh, then nothing happens again. <laughs> so that was how the half went. In, in the 71st minute, we Feller uh, receives the ball and uh, slides Weir through. Weir makes a very good run. You like one would expect that is a clear goal because she is 1v1 and then her shot is saved and it goes wide. 
then in the 77th minute again from a corner this time feller manages to get a uh, get her head uh, onto the corner but it again goes slightly wide and i think those were the major chances that we had in in the second half there was also an effort from uh, olga uh, from outside the box that was saved by the goalkeeper but yeah i mean i think those are the major chances that we had uh, in the in the in the second half a lot of those chances as you probably would have noticed involved feller so let's uh, just transition into talking about feller's performance and i'll hand it over to you first uh, kanita to talk uh, about what you thought of feller's performance as the number 9 and do you think like this is the way feller should probably be used moving forwards oh i mean this was a pretty successful experiment uh, from what i've seen with fella uh in front center uh i mean she she began you know her role her role with a long shot at around 63rd minute and it was a pretty strong one and it was it, it 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 was a pretty nice save from the goalkeeper as well so the goalkeeper we had to work for it as well so that's how she started that nine and i think it's very good that we saw her here because the fella is joy i think you you might confirm it you might better than me but I think I saw that Fela is actually a striker anyway, uh, but you know we play on the wing. That she can play on the wing, but we did see today that yeah, she she does work very very well in uh, center, and I think she has that uh, thing like, for example, speed. Uh, she's much more. She's much more physical uh in that sense uh than our strikers that actually play um and i i just i mean we see we didn't see uh fella much in the box before today uh but today uh, she was like there positioning herself and the, the her positioning today was quite on point to be honest um the, their defense was doing their job as well but her positioning was quite good and there was one uh, instance where she was right in front of the goal well not in front of the goal she was like uh in front of the post and she didn't receive the ball very well so it just ended up uh outside but if she did receive it at least a little bit uh better uh it would have definitely ended up in the goal uh but that just shows that <laughs> um she really made her way into that spot i think it was uh atenea's cross if i don't if i remember correctly um yeah. but yeah, yeah. so yeah I, I mean we we saw uh we saw also combinations from around the halfway line i think it was uh combination that ended up uh passing to weir 
and then we are uh, that was the chance that uh, we are went to have a one uh, one on one with the goalkeeper and uh, goalkeeper saved but yeah basically fella was there as well and as you mentioned that majority of those chances that we saw in the second half uh, second half ever since she came on uh, involved uh, her like specifically her and like in different ways and like from those combinations uh then uh, a couple of times maybe once or twice i can't remember correctly i think she also went from the wing um uh i don't remember i didn't note it but yeah um i think today was a very successful experiment and since since I at least heard that she was, uh, she's a striker, natural striker, I really saw that today. And I just want to ask you if that's true, that Stella is a natural striker. Yeah, so she isn't really a striker, but like she, she has played out wide and that is where her best comes from. I think people uh, confuse that she is a striker because she was deployed that way. Uh, at her previous club the previous season she did not manage to score I think she scored one or two or none goes I don't know I, I can't remember but she was uh, deployed there and that is where the confusion comes from people think that she is uh, a, a central striker but I don't think like she isn't because uh, all her youth teams and everywhere else she has played out wide and that is where her best comes from because her best isn't in like finishing and putting chances to bed. Her best comes from making those well-timed runs, uh, well-timed diagonal runs from out wide. Her best comes at taking on players, although her dribbling style is heavily reliant on generating separation using that initial burst of acceleration that she has. But that is where her best comes from. And uh, like I was talking to Om about this as well about how we see probably Feller progressing uh, with Real Madrid and to be fair with the way our squad is set up like she should be getting enough minutes out wide and with with the way like Naikari and others are playing like we have central options so yeah this worked quite well today but I think like Moving forward, it's probably going to be Feller out wide. We are not going to see a lot of uh, what we see Feller, uh, what we saw today, maybe not as centrally. But the thing is, you can exploit this, what we saw today, even while fielding her out wide. Because her, like, like I mentioned, her best comes when she's able to make those diagonal runs from out wide towards the center and with with a striker if we play a striker that likes to drop like esther or somebody because esther wants to get on the ball uh, and if you want to like rest we're uh, we're for example so you what you can do now this is just me uh trying to suggest a possible solution about how we can get the best of Feller even while fielding her out wide uh, due to the competition that we already have at, at the central striker position so if we have like suppose Esther playing uh, up front and we want to rest where we can have Esther doing her role that she did last season where she 
always showed towards the ball, always dropped deep, gravitated towards the ball, received and then laid it off out wide and stuff. We can use that quality of her, let her do her thing and have Feller move inside, make those diagonal runs uh, in behind the back line, attack the back line and receive the ball in those spaces where then she can probably try to score and that will help us get the best of both worlds probably but this is just speculation this is just me trying to uh, mold the squad in the way i think will get the best of uh, best of the players but toril will probably have different ideas and he sees the players a lot more than me in training so i don't know but yeah that was just it and talking about feller's performance i think it was really really good because uh, she was making those runs into the channel that we were lacking in, in the first half. She consistently offered out wide as well to provide support. She she was very good at uh, like linking up play when she was, <clears throat> when, sorry, when she was uh, drifting out wide and when she was dropping off, uh, receiving the ball and then playing the other player through or just dropping ball sides so that the other player can make the run in behind it was it was really nice to see then her movements uh, to like attack the ball uh, in the box was really good uh, on the corner on the corner chance the way she managed to like generate the jump uh, from from a position where she's running back and uh, able to meet the header although it wasn't on target was really good but we also saw the part that i've mentioned uh, where she where finishing the chances isn't like her forte so so like it's it's difficult to for me to at least see her as the as the goal scoring option for real madrid because yeah her her ceiling is very high and she'll probably develop into she'll probably add that goal scoring touch to her game obviously but at the moment uh, it's best to let her Ha let her operate in a way where the goal scoring burden isn't on her where she is able to express herself a lot more with with the timing of her runs with the type of the runs that she likes to make from out wide where she likes to take on the players and stuff and let her do that bit uh, for now and however the game progresses with time we'll probably have a better idea about how we want to utilize her with with our current squad so I was really like it was a very good uh, I think substitution it was a very good performance from her in a role that that uh, again gives us an option that we can probably try this if if nothing works out we can probably throw this out and see how how it goes so it gives us an option as well uh, but yeah pretty thrilled for her very good performance from uh, from Feller I would say so moving on i think like we have discussed the big chances we have discussed uh, the performances of some some of the players i think one of the things that we need to discuss about this game is the fact that how many fouls were committed in this game like i think the referee did not manage the game that well because some of the fouls that she was calling weren't even fouls like the the one where Weir won the ball cleanly from behind that was called a foul and Weir was carded for that. I I did not see it how that was. 
then in the second half uh, at the start atenia was like clearly clotheslined in in the uh, on the right flank and i don't think that was carded either so it was pretty inconsistent refereeing performances which has like become which probably a lot of fans have become accustomed to which we have like now we are used to these sort of inconsistencies but it the game was like the game was a bit feisty which i think it always is uh with the opponent that we had today uh, but i think the referee did not manage the game well what did you think about the number of fouls just just so like we have it uh, clear i think like there were 30 fouls in in the game i'm just checking it uh, now and uh, yeah so like we committed 17 fouls and they committed 13 we had like four uh, yellow cards and they had none so like some of those 17 fouls weren't even fouls in my opinion but yeah it was pretty bad bad and inconsistent performance i would say from the referee uh, it was pretty frustrating but yeah i mean what did you think about the like about the fouls and how they were being called and did the referee manage the game uh, well according to you I mean the game was definitely frustrating uh like it was frustrating thing for us so I can't imagine how frustrating it had to have been for the uh players and there was yeah it was definitely feisty um uh like I I personally expected a really hard uh, game physically um all based of you know the game we didn't get to watch like from last season that we lost 3-1 but hearing some stuff that happened there i just knew oh this is the away ground i know it's going to be hard and uh physicality but it will be some some nasty things probably there and there were but i don't really i didn't get some of the fouls like some of the fouls that were called but um like by our players that weren't supposed to or the cards that shouldn't that were cards but um it was barely a foul or something i, I didn't like i saw or i heard actually the commentator saying oh it's a dangerous play but i didn't really see anything dangerous in any of those i think it was a uh, weirs card uh, specifically that was like uh, said to be a dangerous play which i didn't see to be honest uh anything dangerous about it uh she was confused too the, the entire the entire team was confused um but there were also some fouls from welva that uh, honestly it, like it was obvious that the the welva players would didn't touch the ball uh, that they just shoved the uh, our player and it wasn't called uh foul even the foul but um Welva got zero yellow cards uh all four yellow cards in this match were ours and i don't know it was very weird uh i mean even if you if you didn't even watch the game just by looking at the numbers like 17 fouls on our side versus 13 on, on theirs and us having four yellow cards and then them zero i think it adds up 
but yeah, it's just a lot of weird calls by the ref, which yeah, we are very used to it. But there are games such as this one that's really frustrating. Like so some games are frustrating, like ref, uh, refereeing wise, where uh, there are too many fouls or this uh, questionable fouls, or the other games that there are too many offside calls, and there are just two different games, uh, two t- types of uh, frustration. So this was one of them, and yeah, it was very fun. Okay, so I think that pretty much sums it up. Um, unless you have anything else to add. Um, yeah. So actually, I want to just um. I I think we didn't mention the Mila's cross from the left wing. Like it was seen. Um. Like, well, kind of oscillating between center and the left wing, uh, but um, more on the wing, obviously. But uh, so in the sixty-fifth minute, I have noted that she, um, that I remember she made the uh, bit of a run and crossed to Weir in the box. The cross ended up being intercepted, uh, but it ended up as a corner for us. So. Uh, to me, that was a pretty nice cross, especially from, uh, especially for the fact that uh, who it came from. Like I did not expect that from Mila, and uh, I already mentioned she had a sharp game. Like I loved her movement today, and I think this cross all also uh, stands out in my mind. So I just wanted to add. Okay, so that was one chance, and I mean, I'll I'll add just one thing because I always always do that. Uh, whenever we are discussing a game, I would like to highlight uh, some players from the opposition. Like Sporting Huelva did uh, a good job of what they were trying to do. Sit sit in a 4-4-2, try to cut off our passing angles when we are trying to build from the back, restrict us, force us long and we weren't accurate enough in our long balls and we did not have enough support as we have discussed throughout this pod. So they managed to like regain it. We had most of the ball throughout the game, but uh, Sporting Velva did a good job to like l- allow us to have the ball in non-threatening situations and make to make non-threatening actions uh, as a result of them. So uh, that was that. But uh, one player that I really enjoyed the performance of was uh, Edgren Amanda Edgren, number twenty from uh, Sporting Velva. So maybe if you want to like follow her through the season, but uh, I really enjoyed her hold-up play. She was like really physical, uh, holding up play and then linking up and connecting play to uh, the number eight, uh, which we have uh, discussed. Uh, Ana de Teresa, who missed the big chance in the in the start of the second half. So it was pretty pretty nice performance for for her. Like she she is a very physical specimen. Uh, she. Uh, comes from Sweden hasn't made a senior side debut yet but uh, it was it was a pretty good performance she was able to hold off challenges she was able to like show some showcase some of her tidy footwork to just turn away from pressure and lay it off for the other player and create space for the other player so that was really nice to see Uh, I think apart from that uh, I think uh, Ruiz also had a pretty good game she was on the end of a couple of chances 
but uh, obviously they didn't manage to score it so i i really like that performance as well from from ruiz their number 9 by the way uh, played like i think both of their wide midfielders in the 442 were like quite decent and the front two did a good job in uh, playing with each other like complementing each other uh, really well so i think it was a decent performance from them with some standout player and i obviously like quite enjoyed uh, amanda edgren's performance so yeah that's a name if you want to follow or remember for the next time but i think that sums up sums it up for the for for this game uh i think we have covered pretty much everything we have discussed our issues in possession we have tried to highlight how uh what was working and what was not working in terms of player synergies and everything and in, we have discussed individual performances as well so i think that covers it for this game uh but i think we have to like uh like now ne- the next game is going to be a big one and we have to like probably talk about it because it's going to be a big one against chelsea in the champions league in midweek and uh, yeah i mean to be honest based on today's performance i'm not uh i'm not very hopeful because we weren't like really assured defensively either so even with chelsea not having pernila harder who picked up a picked up a knock in in the during the international break i think chelsea's firepower chelsea have enough firepower to like generate lots of lots of chances and if we play on the ball the way we did today i don't think we will be able to like threaten them much unless like weir produces something uh, of some sort of magic which she is regularly doing like even today as well there was a moment where she like uh, touched the ball with with a sweet skill and controlled it and with her back heel of sort it was pretty nice like we we are always does this where was doing everything on the pitch today as well she was dropping deep she was carrying the ball she was setting others up she was providing support and she was showboating as well so like where is just where she she does where things uh, but yeah i mean relying on her solely her magic against chelsea won't really work out that well because although where can do a lot expecting her to do everything isn't always going to work out the best for her she is a decisive player obviously but yeah we need to work more as a team to in order to win these sort of big fixtures and my only hope is i think we shouldn't be like as conservative as we were against psg because psg were there for the taking maybe chelsea are not chelsea's attack is probably better than uh, psg's in terms of uh, the individual talent that they have uh, at the moment at the club so it's it's going to be a very tough challenge it's going to be a very big task for us to overcome this uh, it, so yeah i mean it it remains to be seen how we do based on today's performance uh, doesn't inside much confidence but hopefully champions league brings its uh, fortunes to uh, us and we are able to like pull off a result do you have any passing comments to uh, about the about the chelsea game coming up i mean yeah i just 
I just think that we all think that after this game, we're um, a bit less optimistic about, about it. But honestly, uh, I don't ever uh, <laughs> drop my optimism or really um, hope that we can win it. So um, because I've seen what they want in Champions League, it's and the, dif the difference between the how they play in the Champions League and how they play in the league. Uh, I don't know what's with this team, but they just do it so much differently when they don't show anything gameplay-wise in the league. Then they come to the Champions League and do some tactical genius by Toril that just works with the team. I don't know. It just, like you said, I hope it's uh, some Champions League magic and that we play actually well. And that we win with that, you know, good gameplay. And I'm really excited for it. I'm also nervous, but uh, at this point, it's kind of good, kind of nervous, even after this game. So, yeah, looking forward to Champions League again. Yeah, so we will obviously be covering that game as well. And we'll be back to discuss whatever happens in that game. I hope it's a good one and we come away with a positive result. Before we sign off, I need to add something about from the game that I just remembered from my notes. I can't go on about about the game not talking about a nutmeg that happened during the game because nutmegs are my brand. So yeah, in the 81st minute, Kenty pulled off a nutmeg on Carrasco. Uh, pretty neat, pretty clean. Nothing much came off of it, sadly, but it was a pretty clean skill. And yeah, I, I really like nutmeg, so I there I have covered it as well. So I think that that pretty much sums it up. We have previewed, we have like given up our passing thoughts about the Chelsea game. We have covered the game uh, today as well. So yes, we will see you next time. And Ala Madrid. Ala Madrid.